0: You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Good to be with you this morning. Welcome to all of you who are here in person and to those of you online also. A farmer went out to his field, it was just another day on the farm. A woman went out to that same field to gather food, same day. Again, for her too, just another normal day. Maybe even a boring day. And I say maybe a boring day because there wasn't anything exceptional about it. No miracles were performed that day. God did not part the sea that day. Jesus did not walk on the water that day. No one that we know of preached a change your life forever sermon that day. No one discovered buried treasure. No one in our story builds a tower or climbs a mountain or runs the best race of their life that day. This was simply a day like you and I experience almost every day. The kind of day in which you wake up in the morning, you get yourself ready, you go about your work for the day, whatever that is for you. You eat, you rest, you enjoy a good book or a movie or a conversation with a friend. And at the end of the day, well, you've had another day. Days like that can be wonderful. For some of you, Your ideal day is a day with no surprises, just doing your normal thing. And for you, that's the perfect day, and you love it. Or days like that can be monotonous. Like, didn't I just do pretty much the same thing yesterday? I mean, I think today I had cucumbers with lunch instead of pickles. When we're tired, when we're discouraged... When we're raising our children and all our time seems to be spent on changing diapers and wiping noses and just trying to get everyone to school on time, which can be a miracle in itself, when we're working a job that does not require anything close to our full potential. The monotony of life can really wear us down. And life can feel like Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 5 to 9, which says, the sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome more than one can say the eye never has enough of seeing nor the ear is fill of hearing what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun sometimes it feels like that as we go through the routines of life wake up feed the kids tend the cattle fill up the car with gas Go to work, endure work, come home, clean the bathtub, it'll be dirty again next week. Go to bed, knowing you'll start the whole process over tomorrow. And sometimes we wonder, what's the point? What's the point of doing the laundry when it's just going to get dirty again? Especially as followers of Jesus, right? Because Jesus served God with everything he had, every day. We love him so much, we want so much to be like him, that we want to do the same thing. Lord, let me do glorious things for you, since you have done glorious things for me. But here I am, stuck in the mundane routines of everyday life, a student, a retiree, A single person, a spouse, an employee. Where's the thrill of serving God when all we experience most days is the mundane? I've had days when I've seen God do amazing, surprising things. I've actually had a lot of those days over the years, but they're not most days. I've had days that I remember clearly from decades ago when God and I walked together through some adventure that day and I got to join in his work that changed my life or changed the life of of someone else and our lives were changed for all eternity. But most days are not that dramatic. How do we serve God on perfectly normal, boring Days like tomorrow. I want to share with you a very short sermon series on the thrill of serving God in the mundane. Just two lessons this week and next week. On the delight of serving God when everything is just normal, boring, the sun rising, the sun setting, like it always does. And I want to start with two people in the Bible A farmer and a woman he did not know. Both of them just going about their usual business on a pretty normal day. The man's name was Boaz. He lived in Israel in the town of Bethlehem around roughly 1100 BC. A long time before that more famous person was born in Bethlehem. About 1100 years before. So it's a little over 3000 years ago from our time. The woman's name was Ruth, and though she was probably still fairly young, she had a, a tragic and inspiring story. She was from a country called Moab, a small nation across the Dead Sea from southern, the southern part of Israel. And she had married an Israelite man whose family was living in Moab at the time. But tragically, her husband died before they had children, and she was left all alone. So was her mother-in-law, Naomi. Her husband died. Both these women were widows. And Naomi, both of her sons had died, and so she couldn't give Ruth another son to be her husband. And so for Ruth's sake, she tried to send Ruth back home to her mom and dad so that mom and dad could find her a new husband. She could have a family after all. But Ruth refused to leave Naomi alone. In fact, Ruth cared for Naomi so deeply that she told her in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Ruth just refused to leave Naomi. She knew Naomi would be all alone in the world. If she left. And so she refused to go. And so the two of them together moved back to Israel. They arrived in Bethlehem where Naomi was from, and they got settled there just as the barley harvest was beginning. And this is where we pick up their story in the Bible's book of Ruth, chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech. Whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. Okay, a little background here. In the law of Moses that God gave to Israel, God commanded that when farmers in Israel harvested their crops, They were to leave behind anything they missed on the first pass. And so if they're harvesting grain and the harvesters miss a few stalks, just leave it there. If you're harvesting grapes and as you're looking through the leaves, you miss some of the grapes, just leave them there. Don't go back for them. Leave them for the poor. And the poor can come and they can gather that leftover grain. They can gather the leftover grapes, the leftover figs or olives, whatever there might be. And this was sort of Israel's welfare system. It was part of their uh, system of caring for the poor. The poor could come out and gather up whatever the harvesters missed. And Naomi and Ruth, they didn't have much. They came back from Moab with pretty much nothing And so Ruth offers to go out to where grain is being harvested and gather what she can so that they will at least have some food. Now, there's nothing thrilling about that. Just hard day's labor ahead of Ruth. Verse 3. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz who was from the clan of Elimelech. Elimelech was Naomi's deceased husband, so they're from the same clan. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. It's a good day for Boaz. It's always a good day when you're a farmer and it's harvest time. But it's a normal day, too. Just another day on the farm. How do you serve God? And where's the joy in doing so when it's just another day on the farm? On this perfectly normal day, Boaz notices one thing that's unusual. Verse 5. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who <clears throat> excuse me, who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves, and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles, and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, which my Bible's translator notes say is about 30 pounds. She ended up with 30 pounds of grain. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. <clears throat> now, because this story is in our Bible, It's easy to forget that from their perspective, this was just a normal day. Boaz got up in the morning, got himself ready, went out to supervise the harvest. Ruth got up in the morning, got herself ready, went out to see if she might be able to collect food for herself and her mother-in-law. And there are no obvious miracles in the story. There's no great voice resounding from heaven. No enemy armies attack, the rivers don't flood, no locust plague wipes out the crop, the sun rises, the sun sets, the wind blows, and it's just a normal day. Boaz and Ruth even do normal things. He supervises the harvest, she gathers the gleanings for food. These things happened every day. But packaged within all the normal mundane things that Ruth and Boaz do that day, there is wonderful beauty. Something special is happening. There is a beauty here that comes from them simply serving God in the mundane that day and enjoying the results. That beauty brings them joy in the moment and then joy later as their service to God on this day becomes a single brick in the grand mansion of nothing less than God changing the world, blessing even you and me today on that normal day. I'll explain the connection in a minute. On this most seemingly ordinary day, Ruth serves God. It's a normal day. She simply devotes herself to doing what is good in the day God gives her. She goes out and she works hard all day to provide food for herself and for her mother-in-law. And this, as Boaz points out, after she has already left her family and her life in Moab behind so that Naomi would not be alone. Boaz serves God too, in all the normal ways. He has a healthy relationship with his employees. They listen to him when he gives them instructions. And when he first greets them, he says, The Lord be with you. And they reply, The Lord bless you. Boaz has kept God at the center of his relationship with his employees. And when Boaz learns who Ruth is and that she is the woman who has done so much for Naomi, who it turns out is a relative of Boaz, he pours out kindnesses on her. In verse 8, he welcomes her. In verse 9, he guarantees her protection and he offers her all the water she wants. In verse 12, he speaks a blessing over her in the name of the Lord. In verse 14, he offers her bread and roasted grain. For lunch. In verses 15 and 16, he quietly instructs his workers to leave extra grain for her to pick up. And look, for people of God, this is nothing out of the ordinary. This is just the normal kindness God teaches us to show to others whenever we have the opportunity. It's like the time that you went to the grocery store, and as you were leaving, you noticed a a young mother coming out of the store with a cart full of groceries, and she's pushing it with one hand and and dragging along a, a toddler with the other hand, towing him across the parking lot, and you get the impression that if she lets go, he will run out in front of the car's. And she's struggling, and so, so you, just, you just come up and ask if you might be able to push the shopping cart for her to her car. Or it's like the time when your coworker's spouse was sick and their family was struggling to pay their medical bills, and so you got together with the other workers there, and, and you pulled some money and gave it to them just to help them through a hard time. For God's people, doing good in normal ways is just normal. This is just what God calls us to do every day. And normal, everyday kindnesses may seem small to us in the moment. You know, they're they're not huge. We didn't miraculously heal someone. We didn't change the world at that moment. But normal, everyday kindnesses like that honor God. Because God has been kind to us in ways big and small. And when we're kind to others in normal, everyday ways, we honor God for His kindness. More than that, when we do good for others in normal, everyday ways, we give God a good name. Because people around us know that we follow Jesus, or at least they should. And when we do good for others in all the normal, mundane ways, we build a life that is simply beautiful. Like one brick after another. Well shaped and well placed, builds a grand mansion. One act of kindness or goodness, one day at a time, over time, builds a beautiful, God honoring life. And it doesn't take an exceptional, dramatic, exciting day to accomplish the will of God in our lives. It just takes God's people faithfully doing the things that God has given us to do in all the little mundane ways every day, one day after the next. The sun rises, the sun sets, and again today, God gives us the opportunity to do something good that blesses someone, that makes life a little more beautiful, that honors the Lord and shows how much we love Him. I have a theme verse for this very short two-lesson series. Let's put it up on the screen, and, and if you would, read it aloud with me. This is from Colossians 3, verse 17. Let's read it aloud together. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One more time. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Thank you. Whatever you do, whether it's exciting or boring, thrilling or mundane, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Honor the Lord in everything you do. Do it also with thanksgiving, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Remembering how good God has been to us, giving thanks for the opportunity to serve the Lord today. Our God is God over every part of our lives. Not just the exciting parts, not just the Sunday parts, but also the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday parts, all the mundane, everyday parts. He is God over what we watch on TV how we treat our neighbors, even the obnoxious ones, how we raise our children, how we rest when we need to, how we keep his commands, how we seek him in everything we do. Our God is God over it all. And it's a thrill to serve the creator of the universe who loves us so much that he gave Jesus to die for us. And not only that, but as we come to Him, He gives us His Spirit to live in us. We spend each day, exciting or boring, thrilling or mundane, with God. It's a thrill to serve Him, to share life with Him. But on normal days, when we're going through the same mundane routine as yesterday and the day before, it's not always easy to feel that thrill. So let me share four keys to finding the thrill in serving God in the mundane. Four keys. Key number one, go about your business. Take care of your daily needs. Doesn't sound too exciting. How do we find the thrill in that? But this is what Boaz and Ruth were doing. They were just doing their daily work. When we simply do what God has given us to do for that day, we open ourselves to God's blessings. Ruth ended up blessed with plenty of food for her and Naomi. Boaz was blessed with an opportunity to bless this woman who had blessed his relative. But all they were trying to do was what God gave them to do that day. And it honors God. When we take care of our own daily needs. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says, Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Just going about your business each day and taking care of your daily needs honors God. And it builds a respectable, beautiful life. And there's joy in building that kind of life. Key number two. Take every opportunity to do good. Take every opportunity to to do good. Ruth saw an opportunity to bless her mother-in-law, and she took it. And it made the lives of both of them better. Boaz saw an opportunity to bless Ruth. And look, spoiler alert, I'm going to give away the ending of the story. If you've never read the book of Ruth, go home and read it this afternoon. It's really short. We've read uh, a quarter of it, a little more than that today already. But Boaz, he saw an opportunity to bless Ruth, not having any clue that they would end up getting married. He had no idea. You never know what unforeseen blessing might come from the good thing you did not miss the opportunity to do today. Titus 3, verse 14 says, Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Sometimes that good we do is a special kindness to someone else. Sometimes the urgent needs are ours. Sometimes they're someone else's, and we can help provide for them. Sometimes the good we do is just going through our day, doing all the normal good things God has given us to do, living productively. Either way, God is honored. And when our lives honor God, that thrills us deep inside because we love him so much. Key number three, always give thanks to God. Always give thanks to God. That's Colossians 3, verse 17 again. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Jim Mendenhall talked about the importance of thanksgiving in his lessons a few weeks ago from the book of Colossians. Giving thanks keeps us focused on the positive. It keeps God at the center of our attention because we are exercising the spiritual discipline of noticing what God has done for us, and being grateful for it. So giving thanks builds up our sense that God is active in our lives, and his involvement makes even the most mundane days special. There's a little hint of thanksgiving when Boaz and his workers greet each other in the name of the Lord. There's an acknowledgement that God has been good to them. And there's a little hint of thanksgiving when Naomi hears that Boaz is the man who helped Ruth and she cries out, the Lord bless him. God helped her and Ruth through Boaz and Naomi is grateful. Key number four. See how the little, everyday, mundane things of life fit into the big picture of the kingdom of God. Changing diapers. Will they never end? How do they fit into the kingdom of God? Mowing the lawn. Does that have a place in the kingdom of God? Clocking in on time at work. How does that fit into the kingdom of God? Studying hard. Enjoying a quiet day alone. How do these fit into the kingdom of God? All these little mundane things we do Are bricks that we lay like a skillful builder, building a beautiful mansion, a life that honors God as much in the small ways as in the big ways. And we can't really see it, you know, when we're just laying bricks. You can't see the whole building yet until it's finished. But our Regular daily integrity, regular daily faithfulness in taking care of your children as they grow or taking care of your parents or grandparents as they age, your daily effort to be a good worker at your job. These normal everyday actions are building brick by brick an entire life of faithfulness to God. And one day, God is going to reward that kind of life with eternal glory in his kingdom. And in the meantime, we never know when our little acts of faithfulness to God and blessing to others might just change our lives, might just change the world. Ruth and Boaz would never have guessed that their normal, everyday faithfulness to God that day would change the world. What made that day different than the day before, the day before that? How could they have known? But Boaz's kindness caught Naomi's attention, and she went to work setting up Boaz and Ruth. And she was successful. Sure enough, they got married Ruth, the widow, was blessed with a good husband. Boaz, the farmer, was blessed with an excellent wife. They had a son named Obed, who grew up and had a son named Jesse, who grew up and had a son named David, whom God chose to be king over Israel. And David turned out to be the greatest king Israel ever had. And He was a devout worshiper of God. He wrote a number of songs of worship that still bless us today that are in our Bible's book of Psalms. And in the Psalms he prophesies about Jesus and in the Psalms he teaches us how to lament before God when life is not going right. And in the Psalms he teaches us how to praise God. David had sons and they And some 1,100 years after Boaz and Ruth's perfectly normal day that actually turned out to be pretty special, a baby boy was born to the bride of one of their descendants through David, a man named Joseph, descended from David. Joseph's wife was Mary, whose first son was Jesus our Lord. God used the everyday faithfulness of Boaz and Ruth to change the world, and to bless us through Jesus, even today. Yes, it was just another day on the farm. But in the kingdom of God, no day is truly ordinary. Every day our service to God honors him, and every day he blesses us anew. And that thrills us. May God bless you as you serve him tomorrow and the day after and the day after that until Jesus our Lord comes again. Let's pray together. Our dear God, we give you thanks that you have loved us so much that you gave us Jesus to be the sacrifice that makes payment for our sins so that we can come to you forgiven free of guilt, free of shame, able to stand before you and be received by you as your sons and daughters. We thank you, O God, that you care enough for us that you choose to give us your spirit and you, you share life with us. And even on the days that are uneventful, that are just like so many other days, you delight in spending those days with us. And you cause the sun to rise and you cause the sun to set. And you the wind to blow, the wind to blow to the north or to the south, to the east, to the west. Lord God, we honor you, our creator, the giver of life. We thank you for giving us life. And Lord, when life is monotonous, when it's hard for us to see the point, when every day seems like the days that came before, Lord, just walk with us and bring our eyes back to you. Thank you for the faithfulness of Boaz and Ruth on that perfectly normal day. Thank you for the faithfulness of your servants around the world uh, on days that are just perfectly normal, just like that one was. Bless us that we too may be faithful to you tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. Walk with us, O God. Show us the good that you have us, would have us do each day. Show us the blessing that we can be in your kingdom. And give us eyes to see the blessings you give us each day, that we may be grateful and give you thanks. Lord, in everything, in word, in deed, in all that we do, may we give you glory and honor through Jesus our Lord. And in his name we pray. Amen.